Hello, I'm Steve, the retired criminal investigator with the Office of Special Investigations, the Air Force's federal law enforcement agency. I'm Hannah, his daughter, the amateur true crime enthusiast. I have always been fascinated with my dad's job, and I love starting conversations with him to learn more. Join us each week as we share these conversations with you and discuss a real criminal case that piques our interest. Hello, welcome back to True Crime Archives, everyone. Before we jump into it, Dad, I I think we both have a little bit of an update. You yeah, have just and, like a, and it seems like we've, it's been a while. Yeah, since we've been in here. <laughs> yeah, because even we we took a, that week off. Yeah, and we were both um, on opposite ends of the country. Yeah, actually. We, we were. <laughs> we took a little vacation, and, and uh, you know we had an episode aired the week after but this is the first time we've actually been recording recording yeah that episode was already recorded so i think everybody enjoyed our social media um you were in vegas when it was hot and i was in uh, boston south of boston and it was like gale force warnings and cold when you posted that story when you were like i think the weather where hannah is is better Mm -hmm. i meant to immediately respond because it was hotter during the day i just meant to immediately respond and then we were just you know we were in vegas yeah Yeah, we were in vegas so i didn't remember until later on we were at fremont and then i was like oh let me do it real quick and your your cousin had to help me do that too but i figured it out (laughs) yeah shout out to Her was a Robin. Robin, yeah. Yeah, shout out to Robin. You're not very social media inclined. Is that the phrase? Yeah. But so anyway, the yeah. the episode that just aired the previous week, mm-hmm. uh, the Route 29 stalker, I had reached out to the state police and did a freedom of information request, and they cited the rules. It's all consistent with right. with the rules. The rules as to why they're not going to release it. It's an ongoing investigation. I and and they, they they weren't gonna release it. They did say, however, the custodian of the records could decide to to share something. I, that's that's the police department. I you know I didn't reach out to the the detective running the case. Um, I suppose I could, but they're they're just probably not gonna release too much more. I'm not surprised. So that was that was my update. Okay. I have a little bit of an update, too. So we've talked a lot about genetic genealogy. Um, that mm-hmm. kind of seems yeah, to be uh, our yeah, theme. Our yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, one of the things that is always brought up whenever we talk about these cases is how, you know, the lawyers and how law enforcement, different agencies, how different people feel mm-hmm. about genetic genealogy being used, right? Because this is a newer thing. In 2018 is really the first time it was used. So there's really no, like, case law on it, right? There's no... No, and we talked about this, like, I think one episode we commented about what what people were were saying yeah. about how they felt about it. I think we you went know. on for like a good 15 minutes yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you turn it in your neighbor or your right. family member or something like that. Yeah, if you're a family member, you turn in your family member, you know, um, mm-hmm. and it, yeah. And, and then, you know, I think I added, you know, some people would argue that DNA, you're not entitled to privacy because right. you drop it and spit it and scratch it everywhere you go. Right. There has been a law made, a law put in place Funny enough, in the state that I live in, Maryland, just this uh, last Friday, like a week ago, they passed a law regulating the use of genetic genealogy. Um, And so far, this seems to be the first state to do that. Don't panic. She'll get through it. It doesn't... It's not, yeah. It doesn't sound... It's kind of common sense stuff that I feel like would have already been going on. Yeah. Yeah. 
basically it states, like I said, the obvious, it can only be used with permission by a judge, which I feel like that would have been a thing already. And you can only use it for murder, rape, felony, sexual assault, and any criminal act that po- poses a threat to the country, to people, to every yeah, state. This is no different than getting probable cause right. and going in front of the judge and getting a warrant, right? Right. So... Be, so remember, at this point, in the investigation, this point, there's time that's gone by, and they've sought out uh, probably nano labs in Virginia mm-hmm. and um, that special investigator, and so they'll put together the affidavit and they'll take it to the judge and say, "This is why we believe this," is, and and it'll, the judge will probably, you know, probably look right. at the forty, fifty, sixty year old cold case, and the judge is going to say, "Okay, go for it," right? You know. Also, what I thought was interesting, once the testing is done, all DNA samples that were that was used for the genetic genealogy testing must be destroyed. So they cannot be used for anything yeah. else in the future. I think what that means is like when they knock on the the family members the offspring yeah, yeah, yeah. members door and the son or daughter says, Yeah, yeah, sure, we'll participate. Right. And they go and take DNA. Well, they use it once they figure the thing out, then they have to destroy that that DNA. Right, yeah. That that type of thing. So yeah, not the like evidence so that was collected from it, the crime it, scene. The more I think about it, the more, the more I'm, I'm I don't think this gets in the way. Right. I think it just it just protects the police really. Yeah, yeah, actually that's a um, good point. And then people <laughs> already convicted are allowed to submit requests to a judge to do genetic genealogy also. So people who have already been convicted or in prison. Oh, it's an this avenue is another avenue, yes, to, for them to, to yeah, prove okay. exoneration oh. or what have you. Yeah. So they're allowed to request this from a judge. Now a judge can still deny it. I don't know that they necessarily couldn't do that before. I mean, their what lawyers probably were like, eh. yeah, because it o- yeah, opens it wasn't a, opens right. a can of worms maybe or something for them. I, I right, have, I'd have to sit and think that one through. Yeah, but that that's just something Marilyn put in place. And then also the last thing that this law states is that the labs, well, there's two last things actually. The labs performing the test must be credited by the Maryland Department of Health's office to of healthcare quality. So it's obviously, like I said, this law was passed in Maryland, so that's why it's the Maryland Department. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also once a year, there is going to be a panel of stockholders is what it said. So I'm assuming people that are invested in, yeah. I don't really understand. Is that the right word, stockholder? Yeah, that was the wording that was used. Yeah. I have, here, I'll click on it just right now just to make sure, but that was the word that was used. So a panel of them, they're going to be assembled annually to review all the cases that have used genetic genealogy that previous year to make sure that they're being used, it's being used correctly. So like an audit. It's, right. It's like an inspector general doing an audit. Right. Yeah, okay. I don't think that moves the needle one way or another other than like you said maybe protecting the police yeah just put it's an extra step a couple extra steps but yeah Yeah. it was interesting i was excited to see that especially Mm -hmm. that i mean that's where i live yeah maryland right yeah that's that's pretty cool they're they're moving in our right direction Mm -hmm. so yeah all right those are our updates um we're back in the studio had a little vacation so (laughs) what are we going to peel the onion back about today oh gosh i think we should make a sticker <laughs> of that i was thinking about that the other day i think for next another round of mm-hmm. i don't know you guys tell us would you want a sticker that says let's peel the onion back or yeah. however he phrases it yeah. you guys tell us leave us leave us some comments i posted this on our poll 
on Instagram and 100% of the people that participated said they wanted to hear us talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to try and keep <laughs> my screaming down to the minimum when we get to this part of it, <laughs> to get to that part of it. But uh, we're kind of just going to jump into it. We are talking about Deborah Reese today. So she was living in Jacksonville, Arkansas with her husband, Billy, who was a truck driver in 1993. And they lived at 212 Cherry Street. So we're in Arkansas. She was 26 years old. 26 years old. So I'm almost 26. Mm-hmm. So she was we, she was my age, mm-hmm. 1993. She, on February 9th in 1993, is going to be found brutally beaten in her home. It was a very brutal crime scene head beaten about 36 times yeah with what is what they say is a tire thumper but they describe it as a baseball bat i don't understand how those two things are real easy um i didn't know what this was so i went to yield youtube and um guys it's, my it, dad just found youtube recently <laughs> he's all he does is watch youtube so it's it's kind of cool it's like a little teeny baseball bat object, right? You could, you, if you Google them, you'll see them. And they use for the big truckers to thump the top of the tires. That's the quickest way to tell if mm-hmm. if they're if you're running low on air. That makes sense. But you can use a hammer. You can use anything, and it gets the same noise. You, you Google, you'll see what I'm talking about. Oh. So it's, and her husband actually had that and gave it to her for like protection. It's so sad. Yeah. He gave this to her for protection. Because if you don't know, truck drivers are gone a lot. <laughs> so she was probably bet, home a lot. I bet over the years I was at a crime scene and saw one of these things and never knew what the hell it was. Mm, potential <laughs> murder? Was... No, it wasn't. It was never. Oh. Just people had weird crap in their house to protect themselves, right? Oh, yeah. So you On investi- base or off base? Both. You, you're, you're investigating something else and, and you... And you look at the baseball bat in the corner, right? Yeah. And then you see pictures of everybody playing football. And you're like, oh, well, they're... they're Protect, yeah. Protect themselves, right? Maybe they huh. hate guns or something, you know. So you just or they were so, super into the Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm just I'm trying to think back. Did I ever see one of these at a at a during a search or something or a crime scene? I I, I never took one in for evidence. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> that's funny. So so yeah, that's what it is. A tire thumper. That's a true thing. Cool. I mean, not cool, but it, so it was. They describe right. it as a baseball bat. Yeah. So it, right, she was her head was bashed in w- with that. There was like a white T-shirt wrapped around the end of it, and there was some blood on the white T-shirt. It also looked like she was choked and strangled. Yeah, she had bruises on her face and neck. So that that is pretty much what they what they see when they get there. And this is where this is going to move pretty fast. This whole us talking about this part, the crime scene, and yeah, how gonna, it, it it goes really. fast. Are we going to talk about the crime scene? Or are you going to start with the timeline and all that kind of stuff, or? Are we still talking go. about how, how do you want to do you want to talk about the crime scene? Then I'll go into the timeline. I have more of the t- I have more information on the timeline. So you take you take the crime scene. Miss, you're the expert on the crime scene. All right. Well, you want to wait till we get there when the police get there and we'll finish. I mean, we started talking about it. So. So, OK. Yeah. Just, uh, there the were signs. Are there. <laughs> there, there were signs of struggle. Chairs and plants kind of thrown uh, all over the place. There was there was a couple wallets and a, a purse um, was there. There was some money missing out of the two wallets. Her uh, father had given her yeah. three hundred dollar bills. Uh, uh, we're just previously. talking about the crime scene. You're getting ahead. Oh jeez. Um, <laughs> and it's all was, tied in. There was blood spatter 
everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. And then the wooden club, as we talked about, the bloody T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Oh, they also had partial fingerprints. Oh, I'm sorry. Footprints. Footprints on two pieces of paper by mm-hmm. um, the bed because they found her body kind of half laying on the bed. And it was wrapped in a rug, like half right. or partially wrapped in a rug. And Keep all see. of this, evi- all of this evidence, all of this stuff yep. about the crime scene in your mind as you're listening, because this will become important later. Yeah, especially they found the curling iron in mm-hmm. the bathroom, and it was on. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be important in a second. That's coming. So I they the they timeline. collected the police collected clothing, comforter, the shoe prints, um, the wooden club, obviously. Oh, they vacuumed up the carpet. This is. They, you're probably thinking, what a vacuum? No, they have. I've seen this on TV. Yeah, they have <laughs> vacuums in their crime scene mm-hmm. kit. They're clean and everything, so they vacuum up so they can look for hairs and fibers and things later. They found some strands of hair. They collected strands of hair. Six. Yep. And they took fingerprints from everywhere: the door, the mm-hmm. living room, the TV, the bedroom, the hallway, the kitchen countertops. So that's so it's a good it's a good scene. Uh, and they collected a whole bunch of evidence. How long do you think? They were there doing that. Oh. How long? How many? Oh yeah, that's a long time. So, so, so they were still there right. while so, everything's going down. So this is the entire. What say that again? So they're still there while you know the person's getting arrested and they're talking to everything, right? So they're doing both things at once. Yes, sometimes yes, because you're going to talk about the timeline, right. and that'll make sense in a second. But yes, so when they respond to the house, signs of struggle. So. And then, so they, what you do is you go in and you do a cursory safety search and then, then they find the body, mm-hmm. uh, they find her body, uh, Deborah's body dead. So then they make sure the place is secure and then they have to start processing it, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to photograph everything first, right? Mm-hmm. And then the body will be dealt with, with, from the medical examiner, uh, you know, and then all the evidence collection. So they're dusting for fingerprints in the entire house. Yeah, that... That might have been a two-day, that might have been a couple-day uh, crime scene. Wow. And I don't know what Jacksonville, I mean, we can look up Jacksonville, Arkansas Police Department. You know, did they have their own crime scene investigators? And, and they, you know, detectives could be out talking to witnesses at this point and the crime scene investigators in there collecting all the evidence. But yeah. think about all that. Uh, you know, they have prints. They have a lot. They have you know, DNA potentially, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because they have blood, blood spatter everywhere. Oh. there It was a bloody mess. Yeah, blood spatter. So you have to photograph that mm-hmm. from afar and then up close because you want to see what the pattern is. You know, we're not going to get into a big detail about the pattern of blood, but it's specific where the, right. how it drops and they can tell. I'm was, just going to scream about off. how much blood there was. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a thing called cast off, mm-hmm. and what that is is p- picture yourself using this thumper, mm. beating somebody, and every time it's back, back here where you're reloading it, blood is spatting off mm-hmm. of it onto the wall and back down. That's cast off, so they can tell, they can tell where the person was standing, everything. So right. So that yeah, that's gonna take. That probably took a few days, if not you know the whole twenty four hours. Wow. Okay. Well, I bring right, that up. So that's the scene. That's what happened. The the yeah. Deborah Reese. So I bring that up because now we're going to talk about the timeline. Because like so I said, this so is... it's homicide. It's murder. So yes. Yeah. Oh, because they have to determine that yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Obvious. Uh, I brought up how long it takes because, like I said, this kind of gets resolved a little pretty fast. Mm-hmm. The fastest I think we've talked about. 
while the police are canvassing the neighborhood, they're talking to all the neighbors and witnesses. There is a William McCullough Jr. So he is a, a neighbor of Deborah's. He lives a few houses down. He says that between 10 a.m. and 11 a.m., there was a knock on his door, and it was just some random man he didn't know who asked if he could borrow some tools. William said yes, gave him the tools, and received a promise that the tools would be returned. He said mm-hmm. the tools were never returned. He never got them back. Presumably, he looked this guy in the eyes, mm-hmm. and he knew what the guy looked like. I mean, a witness testimony isn't always. I'm just letting you. I'm just. I'm just, I'm just letting you know. <laughs> he he you loaned. Know. He loaned this guy some tools. So he. Yes. That took a minute. That didn't. You know, wasn't yeah. like a drive-by. It took he a got, minute. He got so, to see him. That's right. Yeah. Then we have Catherine Williams, who happens to be Deborah's mother. She actually lives like five houses down from her, which that's that's pretty cool. They lived close together. Is it? Yeah. Okay, you want to move in down the down the hall for us? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Not in these, not in these, this yeah, neighborhood, yeah. no. Okay. Uh, she tells police that at 10.50, at about 10.50, Deborah called her to tell her that a man had knocked on her door asking if her husband was home and if he could borrow some tools. She told him she didn't have any tools to lend, and then she also told her mom that she didn't trust the, the man at the door. It was, it was They were sketchy. on the phone. Weren't they on the phone at the time? It said that she called her. Okay. At ten fifty, yeah, All she right. just but called her. But they're pretty positive. Ten fifty, yep. Yeah, is when this call was made. Mm-hmm. She tells her mom that she's going to finish curling her hair. He asked for tools too. I said that. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. I literally just said that. All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> and she said nope. Again, I said that. <laughs> okay. All right. No one listens to me. I'm in the middle of saying that. Okay. Oh, my gosh. He just pointed to the board, you guys, that says curling iron. What does that say? Curling her hair. Was I not just saying that? Someone okay, please comment. <laughs> so and this is real life yeah. <laughs> for you guys. Deborah tells her mom she's going to finish curling her hair, and then she's going to go over to her mom's house. Okay? She never shows up. So she tells her mother that she's going to finish curling her hair, and then she'll be right over to her mom's house and she never arrives so that's the story her mother has um and then there's another neighbor who is andy gomez he says he so he lives right across the street from deborah he tells the police that he saw a man standing at deborah's door and saw him kind of like grab the door and rush inside real quick um, and then he tells them that about 20 minutes later. So I think you have the time is so at like a, between 11, yeah. 15 is He's, when he gets there. He was pretty adamant. It seems like um, about, well, at least all the documents suggest that he was pretty adamant about he witnessed the guy go in about 11, 15, 15. So, and then he leaves like 20 minutes later. Yeah. 20 to 30. It's no more than 30 right. minutes. And he says that the guy comes out looking both ways, like looking to see if anyone saw him. Um, so Andy is a little sketched out by this and he decides to get in his car and follow the man <laughs> yeah, just to follow him because he, he didn't know he was just suspicious. He said it looks suspicious. Yeah. So I'm going to follow him. Yeah. So he follows him down the street a little bit and he ends up seeing him stop and talk to this girl with braids. And that's all that Andy says. And Andy goes home. So it kind of sounds like to me if she was on the phone at like 1050 with her mom and the guy had already come. It kind of sounds like he stuck around and was like watching to see if her husband was home and then goes back to the door. The mom didn't go to the house until one o'clock. Okay, 
She waited, waited. She it's went like to thirty eight. She what's that? It was like when the body was when her body. No, was no, no. One o'clock, and then she called the police. She had the neighbor called the police because she looked in the window, and the police got there about um one twenty eight is when the police got there. Somewhere between let's say eleven thirty, eleven forty five. He's on this other street allegedly. This yep. neighbor is following this person. Talking, yep, he follows him to a couple, like a couple blocks over. Uh-huh. And he's just talking, he sees him talking to a girl with braids. Now, the police are able to find this girl with braids. Glenda Pruitt is her name. She says that she was approached by this guy that she has uh, seen or been around a few other times. And she knows him as Skip. Skip, right. They talk for a few minutes. Uh, it doesn't say what they talked about, but that's it. So when the police, you know, talk to all of these witnesses, they bring them in for like the police lineup, right? They show them a bunch of photos. And I'm not sure why. I guess it's because he was already in the system. But they have a picture of Liddell Lee in their photo oh, lineup. Oh, he was on parole for burglary. That's right. He was on parole. And, yeah, he was on parole for burglary. So they have his picture in this lineup, and all of those witnesses picked him out. So all the neighbors that right, literally so saw this McCullough, man, Gomez, and then Pruitt, Pruitt. They all they all did the lineup. They all identify him as the one that they saw that whole day. Uh, so it ends up being like two hours after the murder, he's arrested. Liddell Lee is arrested. Two hours after they arrived, or two hours. Two hours after, yeah, they found her. Okay. Sorry. So, like, they got Probably there at, like, one thirty. Yeah. yeah. Three, three thirty or something like that. So, he's arrested after this photo lineup. Mm-hmm. Now, what I want to point out is what you said earlier about the crime scene and how there was splatter and how there was bu- spatter. blood. Ev- spatter. Spatter. Yeah, spatter. Spatter and very, blood. Very common mistake. <laughs> Thanks. There was blood everywhere. By you That's amateurs. Okay. <laughs> There was blood everywhere, though. Right. Okay, this it was it was a mess. When he was arrested, two hours. We're now we're talking maybe like four after the fact, right after he the mm-hmm. murder happened. There's not even any blood or anything under his fingernails. He has no blood on him anywhere. He has a spot of blood on his sneakers. Oh my god, a tiny spot of blood mm-hmm. that they weren't even able to uh, conclusively say was hers. I know. So. <laughs> Just pointing that out. But he, he had... D- Not even in his car or his home, because right. they checked his car and home, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm starting to yell. I'm sorry. This is going to be <laughs> important. Right. Uh, yeah, he's arrested. So he's going to have two trials. The first trial ends in a hung jury. And in the first trial, his lawyer uh, you know, does a decent job. He brings up witnesses for his alibi. Mm-hmm. He... Does all the that stuff. Hold on, my computer's trying to restart. Okay, there we go. Um, and it ends in a hung jury. The second trial, his attorney is kind of on drugs and not doing well and does not bring up any witnesses. Well, well that's what his that's what the final um his final appeal was saying, yeah. The pro it said I read that the prosecution also was like, hey, we need to get this guy a drug test. He's not doing so All right. good. Did we talk yet about the, the, the trial or this? So this is what's going on now? About the trial right now. Yeah. So 
What happened in the trial? What like mm-hmm. why are you talking about his his lawyers? Because that happened. What are you talking about? All right, go ahead, finish. I that's all. Right, he brings up. Ineffe- what are you going to talk? About? No, he brings up ineffective counsel at the end as one of. Yeah. As, you know, because that would be a constitutional issue that that the Arkansas Supreme Court would rule in his favor. Right. But so he goes to his first trial, and what happens? I said it was a hung jury. All right, what happens? In, all right. Are you just not listening <laughs> to me today? I literally said <laughs> okay. the first trial right. ended in a hung jury. Okay, and you're talking about his attorneys now. Because then I'm moving to the second okay, trial, and I'm talking trial. about the things that happened okay. to make it not a hung jury. Okay, all right, go ahead. Because he had ineffective counsel. Okay, good. And they didn't bring forward witnesses mm-hmm. to testify on behalf of his alibi. Okay. See, if you would let me talk. All right, good. So the second trial ends in a conviction, a guilty conviction. Or guilty, yeah, right? That, I said that right? So he is convicted of her murder and sentenced to death. And it's, a, it's a capital murder, right? So yes. it's a death, a death sentence. Yes. So the reason for <laughs> capital murder is because there's some aggravating circumstances. Um, so we get the death penalty. Yes. So what did they say? Let's talk about... So the prosecutor said that the witnesses all identified him in, you know, being there. I mean, we we can corroborate the time because the... Do you remember the uh, the curling iron that was on and she told her mom? Yeah. So those are two different separate situations that, that prove that that story is probably true, which sort of makes the timeline true. So they they... They have witnesses that identified him. And then, do you remember the wallets that were um, missing money? Oh, right, So right. there were three $100 bills allegedly she had gotten from her father. Um, and he must have got them out of the bank. So the serial numbers were close, like one, two, three, he, or whatever. And he was around... It was one fifty three p.m. Yeah, he paid a rent a center with a hundred dollar bill yeah. that had a serial number that was two numbers away. Yeah, two numbers from away. the bills that were missing. They they put together a story that said they also uh, they found there were marks that were found on her cheeks that originally the state's experts said had come from a rug, but they ended up actually coming from the shoe of mm. the murderer. Right. So they so talked about that too. The prosecutor's putting together this case saying we had these witnesses who identified this guy. He was out on parole for burglary. By the way, he was charged with two more rapes and also uh, uh this all came up in the trial, a third rape and a murder of mm-hmm. of a young lady and he went to trial for that and that be, that was a hung jury too. Mm-hmm. So the prosecutor's decided not to um, charge that again because this case had the capital had the had the death penalty right. uh, portion of it, so they're entering all all his history and how he's um, going to all the neighbors, uh, you know, maybe looking for something to steal, and uh, you know the witnesses and they they put it together. Then they say he had a, a hundred dollar bill that actually belonged to her, so they're placing two him numbers away. Now, the problem is it didn't belong to her. The problem is. None of the DNA really came back anything specific at this time, right? And in fact, some of the DA was all used, the DA, the DNA was used up during testing, mm-hmm. right? But they still got they still got the prosecution. So they, 
you know, circumstantial stuff and, and the jury bought it. So my issue is that they were able to is that any state is able to put the death penalty on the table with no DNA like that. Yeah, they've had the That's, death penalty for years before DNA. Doesn't make it right. <laughs> I know, but they've had We've had DNA since 1985. Right, but so but let's fix it. they they haven't had the the testing. So yeah, the 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 uh, death penalty's always always been around. Right. So it has, not, has nothing to do. It, right, but it has nothing to do. You know, he was tried in 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 the court, right? So, yeah, I I, I hold issue with that <laughs> with the DNA. <laughs> you hold issue with the death penalty. I do, and this is this is going to be this talking about this is one of the main reasons that mm-hmm. I have issue with it. Okay, so right. now, so he's in jail now. Okay, right, he's in jail. So what happens when you get put on death death row? all kinds of appeals you don't get you don't get put to death right for a really long time if ever uh-huh. right so he's he's sitting in prison and i've seen a lot of prisons that actually treat death row inmates way better than they treat mm-hmm. regular inmates I've, i forget what state it was it was one of the states similar to arkansas they death row inmates are allowed to have pets from like the shelters like they take mm-hmm. in like cats yeah okay so let's say a lot of taxpayer money. Let, okay, let's just say he got convicted and he's life in, in jail. The prosecution put together uh, their case. and So then in have... 2017, when we're about to talk about, oh, okay. there would be... Oh, all right. Okay, <laughs> so we're going to... Um... Oh, it was at the post-conviction hearing that the lawyer, the prosecution raised concerns. That's what it was, not in the trial. Yeah, so now okay, so... keep in mind... You know, when you get all these appeals, it's it all it has to be constitutional issues, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You have to argue that you didn't get a fair trial for for because of a constitutional issue. And the thing, one of the things he argued was ineffective counsel because, as you said earlier, they didn't raise certain objections, they didn't put up alibi witnesses. The, at one point, they didn't have experts testify right um they just uh, about the, everything the they did in the first trial which worked because mm-hmm. it ended in a hung jury they didn't do in the second trial mm-hmm. and apparently his lawyer was like on drugs and the lawyer even comes out in the yeah. like i think it was in 2017 and he says yeah i wasn't doing well yeah and then there was a conflict of interest with the judge allegedly mm-hmm. um uh so ineffective counsel is a thing that's that's yeah. a, that's a thing um but so what else some of the other what's what are some of the other things uh, i guess they argue he argued the death penalty too but that's where when you go to the final Supreme oh, court that he argued uh jury the jury also uh not being racially yeah like two one or two black people there i think there was male. three um oh, i think it was less than that i think oh, I, read I thought that it was, was like ten, ten white persons and then two black persons uh, I thought I read that. There okay, was yeah, but it was well because so, the, when they denied it, they say that there was enough there was enough racial um, diversity. Diversity, yeah, yeah, that it didn't conflict. So that they again they argued that the death should have been the death penalty. Um, you know, some constitutional I- issues, but there are a lot of things that weren't disputed, like the timeline. Uh, he didn't really that, dispute that kind of the thing. evidence. No, which he, was weird to me. Yeah, he he. Yeah. What what they so ultimately? I mean, we'll we'll because because you can get down a rabbit hole on where's the DNA, 
what did the DNA come back as, and why didn't we do further testing? Why? So the judge had argued, you waited too long for your appeal because it didn't seem like they said, hey, let's go test all this DNA until very until it was too you the know, day of the day of yeah. right. Because then there's the other controversy about this. Arkansas, um, the lethal injection. Oh, you drugs. want me to talk about that? Yeah. You want me to yell about that? No, you don't have to I'll yell about it. it just <laughs> the the lethal drugs. Um, that was an exaggeration because it, it makes me mad. Yeah, the lethal drug um, timeline. It, it was um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it was, was expiring. Expiring. It expired at the end of. So they lined up. They lined up nine. Was it nine? It was eight. Eight capital murder. Do you want? Do you want me to? People, no, we don't have to get in those details. But well, we, I have, I have, um, I have all things death yeah, penalty right here, and I have that story. But we're still talking about this case. Remember? Don't jump ahead because I'm going to talk uh, about okay, this. Okay, all right, all right. Where are we at? So yeah, where is all? You know, they collected again clothing, comforter, shoe. I mean, they have all these things. There's some dispute now about the shoe prints, but again, he didn't. He didn't argue any of that stuff. He didn't argue. Didn't seem to argue any of that evidence. Yeah. So when I mentioned that in the trial, they. They said, so this is what happened after the fact, okay? Mm -hmm. They said that those marks on her face came from the rug. The rug, yeah. After the fact, after the trial, after he was convicted, is when it came out that the the experts said, no, this came from a shoe. This came from a shoe yeah, print. Yeah. And when they tested it and they checked it, it did not match his shoes that he was wearing mm -hmm. or that he had. Yeah, so, so that was a couple pieces of it. That, yeah, they, I they don't argued. understand why he didn't. Uh, bring up any of the evidence either now i mean he was being he had been arrested for another murder or they they were trying to try him for another murder so maybe he thought yeah. either way i'm going to be in jail let me just get the death penalty off the table yeah so well and the prosecutor might have felt that way too we yeah. why do we try him in this case when we have the death penalty so you know that's a resource thing it's a, you know um, and we don't know what his lawyers were advising him also yeah it was interesting as i was reading this it mm -hmm. was like as i was reading it it, it says it, the wording is it sounds like he wrote the appeals yeah i just don't know what happened because at one point there was finally some dna and they said it was of another man that is after his execution oh that's that, that's after okay so that right. is in 2020 that but, was last year but so again all this, all these clothing, like, why didn't they, you know, obviously we'll talk about it, but why didn't they get the Innocence Project involved earlier, You're right? And yeah. that's what, and the judge is saying, you, you waited too long. You, you waited too long to appeal this. I don't like You had that, all these, all this time to, to, to appeal this. I don't like that the judge said that, though. I, I don't think there should be a time limit on... Proving your innocence—that's this is why I don't agree with the death penalty. Yeah, no, I understand. For human life, <clears throat> there shouldn't be a, okay. a time frame for you to prove your innocence. Right. So, and why wouldn't so? And the same like stroke. Why wouldn't the state want to make sure that they're putting to death people who actually committed the crimes? So why wouldn't the state want to retest that or test that that evidence? R right. I'd rather my taxpayer payer dollars go to constantly retesting evidence mm -hmm. and DNA by on the state rather than but you're people. you gotta understand he's convicted in jail it's it's not it's not the responsibility the burden was on the prosecution right it and, is so it should no, continue on, to be finish. on them no they met their burden because the, a, a jury 
decided unanimously that that he had done it. So the the prosecutor doesn't have a job anymore at that. They move to their next case. At that point, the burden is is on the defendant, the person, the bad guy. So it, it's incumbent upon him or her. It's on whomever. the burden of the state to execute him, though. Right. Right. So. So let's talk they about what happened in 2017. We'll come back to the death penalty versus life in prison because I have, yeah, I have a bunch we'll, we'll come back to that because it'll be relevant to the talk now. So what mm-hmm. happens right before he got executed? Right, he's saying, "Hey, what, what's where's all this evidence? Where's all the DNA? We we want to check the DNA." And they said, "No, too too late." Yes. So this is April 20th, 2017. He was that was the date that they had set for him to be executed. Right. And and prior to this they had denied all his appeals and said, Nope, yes. the the Arkansas Supreme Court and the US Supreme Court said, No, we're not gonna hear the case. Yes. Yeah, on the day of uh his stay of execution was denied. They said, mm-hmm. Nope. Yep. And so he was executed. And if you go you can find on um I think it was on the pol- the the state's website, the DA, there was like there's an actual piece of paper yeah. that shows all of the people being executed, mm-hmm. what they were, um, and how they were being executed. Yeah, and yeah. he was, they were using midazolam on him, which is a three drug. Yep. The midazolam is the third drug. So they do two other ones. It's like paralyzes mm-hmm. you, stops your heart. Um, and that's how they executed him mm-hmm. by lethal injection. And then in 2000, was it in 2020? 2019 his sister the yeah his family files a lawsuit his sister files a lawsuit uh and they're at this point the innocence project is involved they're helping the innocence project and the aclu yes because she files like a they call it a freedom of information but it's it's a court document saying we wanted this we want anything with Mm -hmm. dna on it we want this dna evidence Mm -hmm. we want to be able to at our expense and and the it sounds like his sister's writing it, but it's the lawyers that are writing it, yeah, right? Yeah, that's why I said it earlier. Says, it no, sounded like he was. It says doing her, it. her along with her attorneys and the Innocence Project and the ACLU will pay for it. We want mm-hmm. to. We want all. Where's the DNA? We want. We want everything with DNA. And we want to test it. And this is when it comes back. Just last year, right? So then you don't really hear much at that point. It, yeah, there's you can research it. There's some articles and the Innocence and, Project has a a page on yeah. him on their page and and. Some of the articles are like, oh, you know, did we put an innocent man to death and this and that? So, and then all of a sudden, last year? So, okay, so I was wrong. 2020 is when the lawsuit was filed. Oh, okay, okay, 2020. April of this year. year, So, April of 2021, DNA on the handle of that wooden club that we talked about was tested and it showed an unknown man's DNA. So, Mm -hmm. DNA that did not match Liddell. Um, And then they also tested the six hairs that they found. Remember I said they found six. Liddell was ruled out as a source of five out of the six strands. So at least five of those six strands were not the, his. The hairs? Yeah. Yeah. I remember we talked about that. Yeah. That's junk science too. Um, yeah. Right. So, yeah. But, but there's no, I'd say five out of six. It wasn't him. There's no that, movement. The there's no movement on that DNA. Right. It's an, it's another male, not his. Right. Mm hmm. If it was during the court, if this came up during the court, the prosecutor would have went and done things like maybe test her husband, get her husband's DNA, right. and and prove. But nobody's going to do that now. So all they have is I want to like, see his family do the genetic genealogy. Right. So did they get her husband because he gave that to her? What about her DNA? 
she had the thing. Yeah. Oh no, it was another man. It was an unknown another, man. Another yeah, it does man. say it does you know, specify that it's an unknown man. You know, man's did DNA. a cop pick the thing up at the crime scene by mistake with without gloves on? Valid point. You know, so mm-hmm. so we don't we don't know that they're just they didn't do it at the, the time. Well, right now it doesn't suit their purpose by saying anything other than it's an unknown male on that unknown male DNA on the thumper. Mm-hmm. So okay. So that's the that's the update, and that's yeah. why that's where it's at, right? So they they yeah. think they think that you know his family thinks that that he did not kill her because also he went to his grave claiming his innocence. That was mm-hmm. the last thing he said. He didn't yeah. really have any last words. He also didn't have a last meal. He took communion, and he said, "I'm innocent. I did not kill mm-hmm. her. Um, at least innocent of this." No, no, he didn't say I did not kill her. He just he said, said he "I innocent. am and always will be innocent." Yeah, same thing. No. How is that not the same thing? He said, I am and always will be innocent. How's that not the same thing? Innocent of what? Oh. <laughs> so. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know. I don't know. The more we talk about it, I don't yeah. know how I feel about him specifically, if he did or didn't do it. No, so. I, I, but I still feel the same about the death penalty. And this, right. this case is a reason I don't like it. Yeah, your point is, if he, if there wasn't the death penalty yeah. and he was life in prison, which... You know, I think we do know that that it's less money if somebody is in prison for life mm-hmm. versus the death penalty, mm-hmm. and uh, because they ultimately do a life sentence before they even get the death penalty, typically, right? Yeah. So if so he was, so your point, point is, if he was on, if he was convicted of life, there was if there was no death penalty, this new DNA thing, and they could work through this and and continue to argue this, and then if in fact there was somebody else there with them or, or something like that. They could, um, I, I think he would have said that by now. I think he would have ratted someone out. But yeah. if, if it wasn't him, they could they, they could figure that all out. But, There's potential for no mistakes. Right. But the problem is he'd still be convicted because, wh- so what What are you doing with that DNA now? Who do they, do they have other people? Like I said. That's y- what I'm saying. I would like to see the family pursue genetic genealogy to find out who that DNA belongs yeah. to. So I, I, I guess that that's, be. I guess that's your, your sort of point. But. The fact is, Deborah Reese is is still dead, and if he didn't do it, somebody yes. did, right? So, right. So that, yeah. but then that's the thing is, maybe he, mm. maybe he does know something else, and the police just never asked him because they got a positive yeah. ID, and so they didn't press it. You know, like maybe he did, and he just didn't want to speak up. He was afraid or something. Mm. There's just there's potential for other things to come out with yeah. people staying alive. No, I understand. Um, our listeners probably know at this point anyways that you're <laughs> against the death penalty I'm for it, so it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. You can't agree with everything <laughs> with your dad, right? <laughs> It'd be too perfect, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't forget, he. you know, the prosecutor's painting a picture for the jury, right? And circumstantial yeah. evidence is is yeah the same probatively as it that's, is direct evidence. So That's fine. I That's fine. I just, I think yeah. in a capital case, I think for a death penalty case, mm-hmm. that it needs to be more straightforward yeah it can't be a circumstantial case so is how i feel i do think that i think you and i both agree on this probably in my lifetime the death penalty probably will go away i do think that probably Uh, yeah i mean it's less and less states now listen now we're going to talk about arkansas and ultimately why pretty i i feel like this has something to do with why the judge denied Mm -hmm. they were like no we're we're over it uh, yeah, a lot of states are moving forward uh, 
moving towards not really doing it. It is very rare that people get executed anyway, like we said. Mm -hmm. However, in 2017 in Arkansas, at the end of the year, the drug midazolam, which is part of that three drug I mentioned, yeah. it's that's the one that, that stops your heart, was expiring. All of it that they had was expiring. Yeah. Uh, I guess Europe is where we get that drug from, and good on Europe, they said, sorry, America, we're not going to condone because what you're doing. Because you buy it, right, right, right. Because you're buying it for They said it was penalty. cruel and unusual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so they can choose not to sell it to us anymore. Right, so they, they, stopped, they stopped that. So uh, what Arkansas had was expiring. So they decided, to, so they panicked, basically, and they wanted to start executing people. So they had a plan to execute eight people in 11 days, mm -hmm. okay? Liddell was number one, mm -hmm. and there was four executed in one week, and he was number one of that four. He was the first one. Okay. What? Yeah, no, I have I have additional facts that I'll I'll throw oh, too. Okay. That, <laughs> that um, no good. Okay. Finish story. <laughs> what the judge actually said, what the 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 federal district court actually said was that he had simply delayed too long. Yeah, delayed <laughs> too long. Yeah. So the w what is your facts? Because I was going. So his second trial mm -hmm. began seven days after O.J. Simpson was acquitted. There is, you know, the the defense is throwing this out now. His family's throwing this out now. By the way, his family says they were he was with them, which is weird. I don't understand how they didn't verify that alibi. They had, yeah, um, there was witnesses so, in the first trial yeah. that said he had a different alibi. So seven days after OJ was acquitted. So, um, the defense believes that they, a black man yeah. got off for murder when he should have been, when the whole world thought he, uh, thought, thought right. New. And so that this guy might've been like a, a pawn and, and they, they want to make sure Yeah, it's Arkansas. I mean, I don't know, you know, so, so there's a yeah, lot of things. Yeah, it's Arkansas. Well, no, I'm saying it's, <laughs> it's, it's so far away from Vegas and LA and, and it, you know, I don't, I don't know if matters. they were thinking about that kind of thing. Because OJ's trial was, it was broadcasted around, mm -hmm. it was, no, everyone knew about it. I think it did set a precedence for at least within that year. Yeah. People felt that he didn't get the punishment he yeah. deserved. It, but this guy, Liddell had the history of history of rape and murder, right. you know. Um, so they just laid out a good case. So, mm. all right. So four prisoners, like I said, were executed in one week. Liddell was also the first to be executed in Arkansas in more than a decade. So again, like uh, states had already started. It's, mm -hmm. it's hard. They, it's harder to execute people because of all the appeals and because it just takes a really long time for things. Yeah. In the last 44 years, there had been 167 people exonerated from death row. More than 20 of those cases uh, used updated DNA testing. 167 people, Dad. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Death row inmates spend 13 years on death row, sometimes 30 plus on average. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, <laughs> what's the what's the point? Well, for me, I'm I'm all about the money, right? So why Less do you like the death penalty? Uh, it's, a, it's punishment. That's what I'm saying. It's but punishment. that costs you more money. Yeah, I know, but it's punishment. They're you living gotta, comfy. It's punishment. So, so my my main point is that, you know, we don't really know right now. It's kind mm. of until they test that DNA, until they, they figure out whose DNA is that is, 
we don't. It, it's kind of right. And still but right now unresolved. the ca- the case is well, actually the case is closed. And I mean, yeah, it's closed. They believe that that they have the uh, Deborah Reese's killer, and the burden is now on um, Liddell's family to to kind of figure this out. So if, if, if they, they believed, found that person's DNA, would the police reinvestigate it? I I don't know. <laughs> would the prosecutor reopen? I don't I don't know. You don't think the prosecution? Yeah, I mean, they, if it? they present a good, a good, solid case, sure. Just we've oh done cases God. like this before. We know, so of course they will. But, mm. but they don't have to do anything right now. They, somebody got convicted and uh, sentenced to death mm. for the murder of Deborah Reese. And everything I read, all of the lawyers from the prosecution and the state side, all of the investigators, mm-hmm. they all say they one hundred percent think they got the right person. Yes, they they did. They do think that. So. Which, like, fine, but you can't say it's 100% because there's DNA. There's a lot of evidence that didn't match right, him. So what How do you look at a crime scene like that and then look at someone being arrested? With, there was no blood, except a tiny, right. tiny little so, drop. Uh, he had time to, it was, he had time there to was change. no blood in his house. They didn't find. They searched his home and his car. There was no blood anywhere. Mm-hmm. So how do you explain that? Maybe. Did he go to a friend's house? Did he go somewhere else and change, you know? Mm-hmm. In my English class in 10th grade, mm-hmm. uh, we did a fishbowl debate, mm-hmm. and we got to choose our topics, and mm-hmm. I, I chose the death penalty, yeah. and we had to do, uh, for those of you who don't know what a fishbowl debate is, I don't really even remember. Do you even know what it is? No. It's you like, so we a, had- a topic out of the fishbowl? But, but we got to choose. to choose, yeah. yeah. But it was, I think it was the person that we argued against that we got to choose, uh-huh. and we it was for p- the for or against it, and- I argued against the death penalty. Mm-hmm. It was a very heated class. <laughs> I was like the only thing I remember from soft, sophomore yeah. English. <laughs> yeah. And as of right now, someone was executed for the murder of, of Deborah Reese. Potentially an innocent person. Potentially. Mm-hmm. And I wanna I wanna reiterate that we're not I'm not here to like highlight the bad people because yeah, he still did he was a bad person. He did other crimes. We're mostly highlighting, we want to talk about the victim, you know, Deborah Reese and her family and friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're just talking about the death penalty and how it pertains to this case. Yes. So, it, you know, y- you're right. If, if, if they come back somehow and are able to prove this, the police will have to, because then they'll have a cold case. But I, mm-hmm. I don't, they're not going to move on it. The police prosecutor are not going to move on it right now. I want It's not them. their responsibility to move on it right now. Well, I want to see the family and the Innocence Project and what was it, the ACLU. Mm-hmm. I want to see them go for the genetic genealogy okay. and try and find the DNA that way. I think that would be awesome. Cool. All so, right. So, yeah, thanks for uh, listening this week, guys. I'm sorry if I got a little too emotional. <laughs> no, you were fine. You were fine. Everybody, everybody can tell angry. by now. That's the one thing we differ on. So, Yeah. Uh, but like I said, I, I put up, I put this one on a poll on Instagram and a hundred percent of the people that, uh, participated in the poll said they wanted to hear it. So, right. But we don't, it's not, you know, we want, we like to stick to the cases and that's what we enjoy talking about and stuff. And once in a while, yeah. Hannah, Hannah and I talk a little sidebar about some issue that comes up in, in, in the case. Um, but we do enjoy talking about the, 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 the issues, the issues. too. Yeah, this yeah. one it frustrated me though, because when you Google Deborah Reese, Mm-hmm. nothing comes yeah, up from her it, com- it only oh, is Liddell, Liddell that comes yeah. up which is really sad and again I say we want to highlight the family and the victim 
and you know their friends and keep them in our thoughts and prayers and you know take a moment to remember them it's sad that when you google her that's what comes up yeah because that's not how she should be remembered all right this was fun talking about this one yeah thank you guys for sticking with us and listening thank you for having fun on our instagram with us when we took a little vacation please 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 go rate and review us on apple uh give us some five stars if you would like we super appreciate that that kind of just like boosts us up Mm-hmm. It's, you know, part of the algorithm thing. So it'll just help us get seen or heard from more people mm-hmm. so we can grow our true crime archives family. <laughs> yeah. And you can. Uh, what's cool about the Instagram is you can kind of see Hannah and I behind the scenes a little bit, too. I want to say thank you to those of you that uh, automatically assume that I am the one that is running the Instagram <laughs> because yeah. it makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah. they Everybody seems to know. <laughs> That it's, that it's you. Tell your dad this. Tell your dad that. <laughs> I want to say dad does have the app on his phone. You are you do pay attention to it sometimes. Yeah. He's learning. <laughs> yeah. I'm teaching him. Same with Twitter. We're also on Twitter. So Instagram is True Crime Archives Podcast. You can follow us and interact with us there. And then on Twitter, it's true. T- Darn. What is our Twitter? <laughs> it's TC Archives Pod. Our True Crime Archives was taken on Twitter, so hold on. I I didn't write it down. That's my bad. TC Archives Pod. On Twitter. So follow us on Twitter. At, at TC Archives Pod. Yes. That one is definitely 100% me. I think you've made like one tweet. Dad is always calling me like, I don't understand Twitter. <laughs> this is his first time using social media, guys, so just, just bear with us. But yes, most of it is me. <laughs> We will see you guys next week. I think I covered everything, right? Yeah, that's good. There's no news, no updates. Follow us on the social medias. Um, I said that like an old person. (laughs) Follow us on all our social media. Uh, Again, we we do appreciate suggestions. So Mm -hmm. we've already done a couple episodes that was based off of suggestions. So feel free to message us, DM us, comment, whatever. And we will see you guys next week. Later. Bye.